He's the Deacon Deacon Jeff Rosignol. It's a fine blend of discipleship and entertainment. Truth is here. Good morning, Father. Get me out of your way that your truths would be lifted up and you would be glorified. That's the reason, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. All right, so here's our topic. We're going to talk about sweet fellowship. I want to talk about what's been going on in the last year. So not this is, uh, this is all about sweet fellowship, but to just bring some up, in the last year we've had a dwindling, a dwindling of church attendance overall. In the past several months we've been down to 12 people or less. In the last few weeks, I don't know what last week looked like, but we were down to six or less people. So don't feel centered out. This is the majority of people now. The majority in the last year that used to have a whole other row is now down to one row. Okay? So that's not, that's not good. That's not healthy or anything. For me, as someone who's been preaching for the last five years, I've been in church ministry since the 90s, since I started living for Jesus. This is a heartbreaking trend to be known as the speaking deacon, one of the leaders of the church, and to see a church dwindle under my ministry. One, it's like, hey, God, if I stink that bad, get me out. Right? Because what good is an empty church? Because something in my mind didn't, didn't connect. Because, you know, worse, it scared me, but too, it's breaking my heart. Because in reality, Christians go to church. That's what they do. You see, there's no possible way someone who loves Jesus can miss church. It's simply not an option. There's nothing in Scripture. We can't open up our Bible, this big thing, and find a good reason to miss the fellowship of believers. Now, I want this to encourage all of us here, and because the challenge, the battle's out there. I mean, we just got back from Maine last night. Last night. Did we, could we have had a decent reason to sleep in and not necessarily come to church? We've been traveling all week. It's not necessarily about being on the roll listed as a member. It's about being in the row, being coming and being involved with things. What's, what I find interesting that's common about this church is a lot of us come from a historical background of other churches casting us out. That's one thing that's in common. If the, both rows were filled, we would have that same story that other churches that have even family in it have cast them out. So, But this is the first church by the grace of God that's saying, well, no, come here. Come, don't go. Come, come here. Here. It's about coming to church. And this, that's what this group has in common. And, of course, that's, that's the whole point of that. Paul, Paul Bible Church, the idea is about get here. Come, get involved. So, and here, here's a few of the major Bible verses. Hebrews 10, 23 through 25, Let us hold fast the confession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We're supposed to let us consider how to stir one another to love and good deeds. The idea isn't to hang back. The idea is to push in, push into the church. Um, not neglecting meeting together, some in the habit, but encouraging one another. All the more as you see the day drawing near. So the idea is when you come to church, just being there, well, first of all, that's a command. So it removes the option out. You see, we need to have the same mentality as we do about everything else. We don't miss work. 
We don't miss school and we don't miss church. It's just something you don't do, right? Think of all the things we put aside to go to work or all the things we put aside to go to school, right? We don't use that Sunday morning opportunity and debate, say, a church or this. Uh-uh, no, no, no. We apply that same principle to church. We don't miss work. We don't miss school. We don't miss church. The world is round. The sky is blue. And say it with me, everybody. Christians go to church. That's what they do. Pretty simple. Now, what about family? Because family is everything. I'm going to give you my personal story about that. Because as a growing Christian in Maine, I was the last loser in my household of men to still be living in my parents' basement in my 20s. Just finally getting a clue of what it means to be a man and started going to a Sunday morning service in that church. That little church had an evening service. So whether it be summer or winter, um, I had pressure from the you know parents to say, why are you going to evening church? There's a football game tonight. That stay home. That... How can you call yourself a Christian and neglect the family and go to church on Sunday night? I literally had that line given to me. That's how I knew from a sign up above that I needed to get my butt to that little church for that one hour service that had half the attendance that did in the morning service, but there was still an evening service. I went. And it was a church not much bigger than this out in the country roads when I used to drive by it. I didn't even think it was open. I thought it was abandoned. All right, but it turned out it was a church of people. I went because you you can't be a Christian and not put God first, including family. There's a challenge there. And I know what it feels like to have family say, "What are you doing?" Right? You're a hypocrite because you went to church. Wait, wait a minute. No, no, I'm trying to grow up, right? That's like saying, anyway, that's just irrational. So first we have these commandments from God, John thirteen thirty four. a new commandment I give you to love one another, just as I have loved you, so also you are to love one another. And Hebrews ten twenty five. of course, do not neglect meeting together, but encourage one another. That should be enough to seal the deal. That should be enough to say, you know, hey, that's what we're going to do. This is important. This is super important. Um, when we miss church deliberately, oh, here's another command, First Thessalonians 5.14, and I urge you, brothers, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, thank you, help the weak, be patient with them all. Right? Now, When we miss church deliberately, we're hurting people who do make it. When it may not be intentional, we're not trying to be spiteful, but when we miss it deliberately, we're hurting people. Because imagine those folks that they had a battling week, they had travels, they had all their whatever adventures, and they come to church and nobody's here. It's like, what did I miss? Did I miss the rapture? What's going on? Because there's in our minds, in your, in your mind, you cannot equate Christian without church because they go together. So where did everybody go? So 
I, you know, we want to come to church to receive, but we also want to come to church to give because that's how we bless each other. Oh, you had a hard week too? Go. Well, thank goodness we're at church. Let's talk about it. You know what lasts the longest, aside from my sermons? Is the, is the, is the handshaking, right? Is the, hey, say hi to everybody. Everybody starts talking. We could let that go for a long time because people soak it up. People love it. It's encouraging. And also, what I think ironic is when people end up missing church for long periods of time and they disappear, they start to feel neglected. That they, they, you know, they start to feel nobody likes them. And it's usually our sin, when we usually try to repent of our sin, or not repent, protect our sin, we usually end up using sinful ways which, which amplifies the problem. All right, that's how we do that. That's the sinful nature. If we want to avoid confrontation, we usually end up placating, which is the sinful version of confrontation, which ends up increasing and making the problem worse. Usually when we have church folks who come for a while, they get used to it, then they disappear for a while, and then they get all brokenhearted that no one's going to see them and they don't feel like they're part of the church, but they disappeared off the map of the one time we should be getting together. So it's part of that sinful cycle, but you got to know if you know for folks who are missing church for long periods of time, they're loved, they're missed, and it hurts when they're not here. After five years of preaching and flapping my gums, biblical truth, th- this should be the opposite, right? What's going on in my mind? It can't compute because we have the scripture. If there's any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection or sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord with one mind. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interest, but also to the interests of others. Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Okay? What bothers me is we can't read that and not know that Christians go to church. Say that with me, everybody. Christians go to church. Right? It's, it's what it is. We also have Second Proverbs 27.17. As iron sharpens iron, one man sharpens another. Now, this would be for more men. I was hoping we'd have more men here because it was, you know, uh, Thanksgiving fellowship time. But I think the men in this church do a fabulous job providing for their families. We, we're willing to travel far away. We're willing to work crazy hours to provide for our families. We do a good job taking care of the home. Uh, we do a great job, and that's awesome. But Christian men, we're to make sure our family makes it to church. Okay. That's part of being the responsible man in that case. And if, why do we do that? <laughs> because Christians go to church. Let's say that with me, everybody. Christians go to church. All right? This is fundamental. This is, again, we, we can't open our Bibles and for one second debate, contemplate, should I miss church? Okay? It's not an option because God is God. All right? Not me. 
I'm giving you objective information, believe it or not. And I want to keep it objective. I'm not tongue lashing. I'm not yelling. I'm not doing... But this is the truth of it. Uh, Colossians 2.2 That their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mysteries, which is in Christ. Now, just a few weeks ago, we had a youth group, and I had an awesome talk with one of the teens, and sent some Bible verses, because that's what it's all about. It's about discipleship. It's about encouragement. It's about growth. Right? Being knitted together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding, and of the knowledge of God's mystery. The rich scriptures, amazing, juicy goodness that changes us. Right? It's our club. It's our huddle. It's our break. It's our time to be with God and with each other. It's a sweet, sweet thing. At one point, I wanted to change the church schedule. I, th- I was thinking, you know, even I was late this morning, right? I, I was really late. But church actually starts at 10, not at 10.30. And usually it's just for coffee and fellowship. Let people come together and chit-chat and have fun. But um, people use that as their buffer time, myself included, to get here by 10.30, and today I barely made it by then. But my idea was to start at 10, have a fellowship, have the worship, the singing and everything, and then after we do the, hey, everybody say hi, give you 20 minutes then to go back downstairs and have coffee or hang out up here and just have that fellowship. But the concern was people would feel ostracized because they missed out because they're not in the habit of coming at 10. Even if we did change it, in the last two weeks, if we had a folks of, you know, church of seven people, no one would have even known we changed. No one would have felt left out because no one would have missed it. Now, apparently, the trend of people missing church is going on all over the place. We're asking other churches, are your folks missing church? Are your fo-? And apparently in this area, that's the popular thing to do. When you look at the world, you look at what's going on with our government, with all these bad things, the, the, the attack is greater than ever before in American society to not live for Jesus. It's huge, right? The battle is full on. The most important thing people can do um, for Christians is go to church. I find this hard to accept. I find it hard to accept that Christians are not going to church. Do you know why? Anybody? Because <laughs> Christians go to church. Say that with me. Christians go to church. So let's be logical for a second. If Christians go to church, then who's missing church? Because there's no way a Christian can, can even put in their brain as an option of missing church. They can't. They've got to be there. It's not an issue. It's not an option. So if you're someone who loves Jesus, which means you obey Jesus, there is no way you can continue to look at your weekly schedule and decide church is optional. Church is not optional for the Christian. Anyone know why? Christians go to church. Say that with me. Christians go to church. Church is not optional for the Christian. All right? This bears repeating, even at the beginning. 
a, a lot of folks have had bad experience in other churches. In a small town, everybody knows everybody's business, and really we're all related somehow, some way. And we all own a mountainside somewhere. It's, it can be precarious, right? But following Jesus into that congregation that might have other family or whatever battles or would coming from a church that had given, given you the boot. That's a thing that's in common. But at Pawpaw Bible Church, may it be known in history that this is the church calling you in, not casting you out. Calling you in. We're the body of Christ. I want to, you know, I'm going to humor Dave. If you don't mind, I want to use you as an example. Just for a little bit. Even this morning. You're, you're like on my hero list of serving Jesus. Right? Because in this last year, you became the president of the Gideons for the local chapter. You missed a week a couple weeks ago because you were at another church preaching for the Gideons. You were sick when you got there. God gave you the strength to preach. And then you, went, then you got sick again and you had to recuperate the rest of the day. But God gave you the strength to no matter what you go. Today, with your cane or walking stick, you come up here, you put a chair here, and you still led in worship, you led in prayer. If there was ever a poster child of the excuse buster for a man, it's you. And uh, yeah, I, w- I want to put this all on film, right? Because this is it. That's what Christians do. Christians go to church. Right? It's such a blessing. I mean, the, the, a couple of weeks ago we had the, like a Thanksgiving time of worship and you were up here sharing, I'm talking to you Dave, up here sharing about things you were thankful for and I couldn't, I had nothing else to say other than, oh my goodness. <laughs> Praise God for what you're doing and how you're serving. It's... It's the ultimate, I will kick butt and serve God no matter what. And of course, his wife, who's been supporting him, an amazing woman, supporting him and helping him and the family. It's a tremendous blessing. And people are watching. I'm watching. We're going to wrap this up here. I'm almost done. We're part of the body of Christ. And each of us has a part. Part of that blessing is we need... You know, I see there's no kids up here. We really do need to tell the world to go to you know where. And Sunday mornings, we come to church. We block it all out. We, we fight back when the enemy says, um, No, you can't go, you can't go. You just take the Bible, you whack them side ahead and say, I'm gone. I'm going to church. I'm going to go be with the saints. And the rest of it all can go fly. Right? Not to mention, we have cookies, right? Cookies is good. Now, you've heard in the Bible, there's lots of times um, where you hear in the Bible where it says, and the people repented, and the people repented. This, This is a real thing, and this is a real opportunity. I was considering having a basket up here, and we could put our lame excuses for missing church, and we could put it in the basket, and then I could burn it. You know, or we could have an altar call. But the real idea, repentance means a change in direction in thought and behavior. Now, I objectively gave you God's biblical truth, His commands, for you to assimilate. Dave prayed this morning that we use it, right? We're giving, here's God's stuff. It's not my stuff. 
And it's a great, and this crowd, when I look at this crowd obeying Jesus, I see a team of people that can take over the world. Because we're people who believe in Jesus. We love Jesus. We serve Jesus. We do what Jesus says. But I'm not going to do any of those things, inviting you up, asking you to do the hokey pokey. None of that. Because the proof is in the pudding. Christians going to church. In past history, they had, America had revivals, great awakenings. And they wrote books and articles. But what was the biggest proof that the Holy Spirit truly did something is that lives were changed. We were this way one day, and now we're this way another day. And that's the proof of the pudding. That's proof that there's been repentance, that in our minds and in our hearts we've set it up that we will obey Jesus by Christians going to church. Uh, Let me pray for you real quick, and then we'll worship the Lord, and then uh, go have some fellowship and food. Thank you, Jesus, for your biblical truths. And um, uh, it's not about where we've been. It's not about what we've done, Father. It's about where we're going. It's not about being wrong. It's about getting right with you. And I pray and ask that everyone here would get excited about your clear direction and be blessed to obey. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. From Bibles websites to theology, apps to blogs, there are so many fantastic resources for Christians. Get the latest news and reviews on what is out there to help you grow in Christ. The Deacon.com. Truth is here.